This is the St. Luligan Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of This is Silly with the Lilligans. This is an unplugged edition. It's an unscheduled unplugged edition. Uh, as the poet Robert Burns once said, the best laid plans of mice and men often go astray. And they have here. Um, Mitchell has uh, got a big important job and they called him in to do a project that has to be done ASAP. And since he gets paid a lot, by his day job he decided to do that and blow me off uh matthew bird has three little children now that are in school and they have brought home some sort of strange virus that has made him ill luckily for you or unluckily as the case may be uh my wife kicked me out of the house and i have a low-paying job that does not require any after hours work or usually does not and so you got me but I wanted to come on. We've got stuff to talk about. Wanted to get some of this stuff crossed off our list. Hopefully we'll be back to a regular scheduled programming soon. Uh, but as you know, that hasn't gone so well this year. Uh, I think maybe my friends just don't like hanging out with me. So uh, maybe it'll just be me for a while. But I do have new equipment here. Um, trying it out for the first time. I haven't been checked off on it. So I just kind of pushed buttons until... I saw the little lights going up and down. We hope this is working. Um, and part two of this plan is to plug a phone into it and do some phone interviews. So if we get that going, uh, maybe the whole show will change dimension. And we'll only have uh, Mitch, and on, Mitch and Matt on uh, when they can you know, make arrangements in their busy schedule. But for right now, we need to talk about... Uh, basically the last four games. I consider these last four games sort of of a piece. Um, first, we'll talk about the away trip to Orlando. Uh, we lost 2-1. to one. Again, being on the road, Orlando's a tough team out in the East. Losing by one goal, not the end of the world. Obviously, we want to make as, up as many points as we can. Uh, but I was not crestfallen. Um then we go to Dallas or come to Dallas at home. Uh, Dallas, you know, fighting down there, really trying to make a move. Uh, fortunately for us, they committed a grievous error early in the game. Their goalkeeper got got a red card, and so they they played the rest of the game with not with ten men, and they had to sub out the goalkeeper. So they lost one of their starting fielders. They lost their starting goalkeeper and had their backup keeper in goal. That should have translated to, I think, more offense. Unfortunately, it took us till late in the game to finally put a couple goals in, and uh, they did claw one back at the very end that was sort of meaningless. But, um, you know, sometimes going down a man, teams can get their back up and they can they can bunker in, and Dallas did a good job of that. It took us a while to break them down, but 
we did take the three points at home, which was which is key. Uh, the next game, we traveled to Kansas City. Um, Kansas City, Kansas, that is. Uh, big shout out to the fans. The, the away travel for this game was amazing. And, and this is what, when we talk about this being a derby, even though it's only the second time we've ever played and it's the first year, um, there is a little bit of history with, with the Luligans specifically because of St. Louis FC and Sporting Kansas 2 and then uh, in the Open Cup against the main team. But for a lot of people, this is a brand new rivalry, and I think we can we can call it new. Um, but the potential is there with the away travel. There were a lot of pink shirts in Kansas that day. I mean, I know we took three buses, but there was there was tons more there. So, I mean, I would not... You know, I don't. I didn't see the final number. I don't know what it is. I know a lot of the uh, the tickets that were available went to St. Louis fans, not counting their season ticket holders. Um, and props to all those fans. They made a lot of noise. I mean, you could hear the St. Louis fans loud and clear. Both I was at the stadium, and then when I watched it back later uh, on Apple TV, you could hear the St. Louis fans really making some noise and. The banter is fun, the whole soccer capital thing, but all credit to the Cauldron and the Kansas City fans we ran into. You know, we had a good time. We had some fun going back and forth. And this is not a serious, uh, oh, we're mad that you're calling yourselves to the soccer capital. It's more that we think it's hilarious that their team, like, legally trademarked it and they're trying to, you know, claim that they're the soccer capital because the lawyers got to it. Um but nevertheless, Kansas City is a good place to go see a game. I like their stadium. It is out in the middle of nowhere. And that march to the stadium, boy, they put us in the orange lot. And that was a hell of a walk. But the game itself, um, we went up a goal. Everything seemed to be, you know, there for us to uh, finish it off. And unfortunately, they came back and scored two. Um, the refereeing, I would say, to be generous the guy didn't have a lot of control of the game. Let's say it that way. Uh, a lot of hard fouls. And I think, you know, we've got to adapt to that. If that's the way they're going to play it, then then we have to, we have to get a little uglier. Um, but again, much like Orlando, Kansas City's fighting to get into the playoffs. And, you know, we lost by one, a rival game. Yes, we want to win those games. Uh, but it's not the end of the world. Then we finished off that, uh, or we haven't finished it, but this four-game stretch, we flew to Carson, California. That's in L.A.-ish area for you guys. Um, that one ended 2-2. We started off strong, really strong. Um, and if you haven't watched the game, the name you need to know is A.Z. Jackson. He bossed that game. He was all over the place. Uh Sam got a goal. Klaus's first start back from injury. Klaus got a goal. Unfortunately, Sam got a red card. Um, one of those handballs. I've seen him called either way. It's not like he stuck his hand out on purpose, but, you know, that's what you have to do. And in that situation, in the box, handball, automatic yellow card. There's, there's no, even though he didn't try to handball, they had to give him a yellow card. Then he saw a little bit of the mist, went in too heavy on a tackle, got his second yellow, which bumps him out of the game. He's got to be more aware in that situation, not get that second yellow. But that's where we are. Uh, 
so Galaxy ended up coming back, winning, or not winning, tying. So we still got a point on the road, which is key. We got to get all the points we can. And at the moment, we're still sitting atop the West, seven points clear. That's pretty impressive to me. Um, I don't know what to say right now. Uh, I don't think the team has played terribly. I think they are not putting in that last... Oh my God, my cat is now stepping on my computer. And are we still recording? I don't even know. Holy cow, cat. I can't believe you just did that. Hold on. Bear with me. Technical difficulties. Let's see here. I can't see where we are. Are we still recording? I'm trying to get my display back up. Jeff. Jeff. You know, a professional podcast would edit this out, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to leave that in there. That's like a little, you know, behind the scenes action. She pushed some crazy buttons and I yes, we are still recording, but my display has gone to hell. I don't know what is going on here? You see, can I show the time again? All right, there we go. I think we're back to normal. <laughs> this is the wonders of a professional podcast and having a cat that, you know, not only chews through headphone cords, like to just jump up on the laptop in the middle of the show. You pay extra for this, kids. Anyway, um, as I was saying, I think my biggest complaint about the last four games is... Um, our aggressiveness, our, uh, you know, put it to them, our, our step on their throat sort of attitude, uh, Dallas being a man up early on, we should have handled that better. We should have, even though we won, we should have won convincingly. We should have started pouring the goals in. This team has the ability to score goals. Kansas city going up a goal on, on the road and the, the way that crowd was pretty much split, you know, I think they should have done more to keep attacking, to go for it. And like I said, learn to, learn to play the hand that the refs are dealing you. And in that particular case, the referees were letting shit go. And, they, you know, Kansas was dumping us on the ground, just bodies everywhere. You've got to rise to that challenge, and you know I don't want to say you play dirty, but you definitely play uh, aggressive and you play physical. If that's what they're, if that's what they want to do, that's what we're going to do. So that was a mistake in my mind. And then L.A. being up two goals early, you let them get back in it. You know they credit to them. They made some adjustments at halftime, but really, I mean, obviously Sam's red card hurt us there. Uh, but when you're up two goals on the road to a team like L.A., who, again, is fighting to get into those playoff spots, and let's face it, it hasn't been great this year, aside from um, Ricky Pug, they don't have a lot right now with uh, Hernandez out, so I think they should have done more, but this is where we are. Seven points uh, clear in the West. We can still win the West. We can still... Uh, get a home field advantage game in the playoffs. And I guess my biggest point right now is, even though we're not, you know, clicking on all cylinders and it's not, you know, all sunshine and roses, uh, we're still in an amazing spot. And actually, you know, seeing people kind of melt down as the game turned in Los Angeles, 
I know why. I get it. I actually, you know, had a <laughs> semi-argument with my friend Tony. You know, Tony was like, oh, here we go. You know, and, uh, you know, this is what happened. They're, they're going to blow it. The whole season's going to shit right now. And, and I just, I have to tell you people, <laughs> count your blessings. Like, this team has been amazing. And there are teams who haven't had this good a season in 20 years. We may never have a season like this again. Now, I hope we do. I hope it, you know, long may it continue. Um, but I really want you guys to appreciate it, especially those of you who who weren't around for the St. Louis FC days when, you know, um, the highs were few and far between and not for lack of effort or not because we didn't have good players or we didn't have good coaches or, you know, we didn't have an ownership that carried. It's just, it's hard to do this. This is a hard game and it's hard to put all the pieces together and, and dealing with the salary cap, and all these things. So, um, I just really want you guys to appreciate it for a minute. If you're, if you're going to start throwing the toys out of the pram now, you're in for some hard times ahead when things really get tough. Um, we make fun of Louisville a lot in the USL days. They started out amazing. Like from the very beginning, they were good. They were a, a great team. Uh, you know, they made the Eastern Conference finals like five years in a row, something ridiculous. Um, and I, they had like, in that first season, they had one or two bad games. And their fans absolutely fucking melted down when they lost. And it's like, you guys don't understand how hard it is and how, you know, lucky you are to be at that level. So don't be those fans. Don't, you know, don't start fussing if, you know, they lose a couple games. And again, lost one, tied one, lost one, or lost one, won one, lost one, tied one. Yeah, it's not ideal, but again, we're top of the West, and this season has been magical. So that's all I want to say about that. Um, other news going on around the team and the league. Uh, we finally loaned Pedro out. We knew this was coming for a while. He has not broken through on the uh, first team, and and it's good. I mean, we need to loan people out. Remember, we loaned Sam out because he wasn't getting time, and, and now how awesome is it that Sam is back in form? Um, maybe this happens for Pedro. You know, maybe he goes, he's, he went to the Czechoslovakian second division or something like that. Uh, but maybe he can get some time and maybe he can get some, you know, seasoning and come back a more ready player. My cat is insane. What are you doing? He's in the scarf box. I guess he wants a scarf. Anyway, um, <laughs> on the other side of MLS, on the Eastern Conference, the Revolution are in second place. And they are a really good team. But all hell is breaking loose behind the scenes. So... There's another thing we can be thankful for. Behind the scenes, our coaching staff and our players, they all seem to be on the same page. The Revolution, um, we still don't know what Bruce Arena said, uh, but he's been on administrative leave since the end of August, and now he has uh, been, well, I think I think the term is, mu they've mutually agreed to part ways. He resigned. Um, we know he said something. The team was investigating it. Apparently, the assistant coach is the one who reported it to the team. Um, the players don't 
are they're at least keeping silent and you know in a show of solidarity they they don't know what bruce did so apparently this wasn't to a player um but the players flat out refused to play for the interim head coach which was the assistant coach that reported bruce arena uh so he's gone um now they've got the guy who's coaching revolution two is going to take over as the head coach and they've sacked all of arena's loyal assistants including showery joseph which is a you know if you've been watching mls for a while showery joseph is a new england legend and apparently again we don't know what was said i'm sure somebody knows what was said um but the players all seem to be backing bruce now again when it comes out maybe they'll change their tune but right now they're very upset so what you don't want to do is have a great season and then it all fall apart because behind the scenes there's drama and let's see what happens to the revolution will they uh rise to the challenge and will this bond them and make them a stronger team or will it all fall apart only one way to find out uh let's see next on my list is hey good news brooligans from our friends at second shift which by the way we will be having another watch party this weekend houston coming up we got to get all those points we can and we'll be at second shift watching it but some fun news from our friends when we were at the dallas game second shift tweeted out that Brewligans is the number one selling craft beer at the stadium and i'm not sure if that's in the supporter section or if that's the entire stadium but either way uh thank you guys for supporting our friends second shift and by extension supporting us and our beer the Brewligans. uh hope you like it if you haven't tried it you should you can pick it up at your local grocery store or liquor store and any place you can buy second shift or you can just go right to second shift and get it on draft Or you can get it at the stadium. Try one. It's in a pretty pink can with our skull on it. Uh, Other news. The Shakespeare soccer. Here's here's how little research I do. I don't know the name of it. I know uh, Tom Hodgman was involved in writing the the play that's going to be for free. It's going to be this weekend at, it's outside Schlafly. I don't know exactly where. But if you go to Schlafly Tap Room where we do our pregame parties, there's going to be an outdoor uh, Shakespearean-style play about soccer. And we'll tweet more about it because that's the most horrible description ever. But it's something kind of fun, and I know they've incorporated a lot of stuff about St. Louis soccer into it. They talked to actual fans. They got some ideas there, and it should be fun, and it's free. So, you know, just go do it. Take the kids. It's uh, starting to get nice weather around town now. So it'd be a nice thing to do. I don't know if I'm going to get to do it um, just because I'm old and I go to bed early, but I want to do it and it's free. So you should do that. Uh, next up, the Luligans will have new scarves available at the next game. We have some, <laughs> our summer scarves are finally in now that it's, you know, not a billion degrees, uh, but it's a new lightweight scarf. It's cool. It's fun. Um, we know you guys love scarves, so we'll have those at the next game, which is, uh, Wednesday the 30th, I believe is the date. Is that right? So confused with dates, but the next home game, we will have the new summer scarves. And then the following home game, which is our final piece against Sporting Kansas City, we're going to have new t-shirts, uh, new pink t-shirts. And it's a design that some of you have asked for. It's a redo of our no hate shirt. So, um, 
come and get that on the Kansas City game. And we got some fun stuff planned for that. We'll definitely have a show before then, and we're going to talk about some of our plans for that game. But we're going to make it another big fun day. All right. I just want to hit... I'm not going to talk about all the players, but I did want to hit a couple players that I think are worthy of discussion. Again, this would have been a better discussion if my compatriots were here. Uh, but I just want to give a few shout-outs. Um, I mentioned AZ at that Dallas game. AZ's been playing amazing. For those of you who who did not follow City 2 last year, uh, AZ was on Minnesota's two-team in MLS Next Pro, and he was probably, he may have been the MVP of the league, but he was definitely one of the better players we saw playing against them. And all credit to Carnell and probably Hackworth had a lot to do with this and Lutz. They went out and grabbed him and got him from Minnesota. And at the time, I did not know what kind of an impact he would be able to make on the first team. It's always weird making that jump from, you know, a league down. And all credit to AZ. This kid is killing it. I mean, seriously, seriously, the last several games, he's been one of our best players, and he did get Team of the Week honors last week for that. Uh, big Sam coming through big. He's been scoring goals. Again, that loan spell did him well. Uh, and I think, you know, I was talking to a couple of guys on Sunday about this. Klaus being out for so long, it may end up being a blessing in disguise. Uh, we had to learn how to score goals without him. Now that he's getting back in and finding his way in, if he can pair up with Nico and Big Sam, uh, it could be it could be disastrous for other teams. So, cheers to Sam. Cheers to Klaus who came back, got his first goal. Uh, it's going to take him a while, but uh, he'll get back there. As far as our new signings, let's let's talk about Nielsen first. Even though he's not a new signing, it's like a new signing because. Uh, he didn't play for so long. He's starting to slot in really well there. He's making some aggressive decisions, I would say, and that you know that can bite you sometimes. But uh, I think the more him and Parker play together, the more solid that that center pairing is going to be, and I really like it. Uh, Mark Hanick, let's talk about him. Um, this is the left back we picked up from Colorado in the transfer window. Here's what I'll say about that. I think he's he's shown some signs some really good athletic ability um one-on-one he he has some talent Uh, he's still got to get used to the system where he's you know in sync with everybody uh but obviously he's he's made some great plays so far and you know we had a deficiency at left back and i think i think right now he is probably our starting left back i think not only is it his natural position, which some of the guys we've been asking to play out there, it's not their natural position. Um, I think he's got a lot of talent, and I think his deficiencies right now are getting to know the system and getting to know his fellow players, and I think that will come. So happy we got him in, happy he's starting to get the time. The other one I want to talk about is Thor. Yes, Thor did get a goal in that FC Dallas game. I am not overly impressed with Thor. Um, he just looks out of sorts out there. Uh, he's coming from a different league. Sometimes it takes a while to get used to a different league. Uh, he's got to learn the system. It's a it's a complicated system if you haven't played it. 
so I'm not giving up on Thor, but right now I think I don't think Thor should be a starter. I think his benefit to us is his speed and bringing him in late in the game when we need a goal might be the best way to use him. I could be wrong. Um, and maybe Carnell's just wanting to get him as much time as possible. So when the playoffs come, uh, he's more ready and there's nothing wrong with that either. But right now, I, when I see him in the starting lineup, I get a little, little antsy. Let's just put it that way. Um, other than that, I think we're good with news there. Again, hasn't been a long show, so you're welcome for that. And I think the final thing, we'll just do a few questions. Again, this would have been better had my friends been here, but they're not. So we're going to make do. We're going to do the best we can. Uh, first up is from... Take a drink now. Ooh. All right. First up is our friend Carlos. Carlos is a member and actually was a founding member of the Santos supporter group who's been killing it this year. Uh, biggest positives of the year as the regular season starts to wind down. I got to say right now, the biggest positive to me is that Carnell and Hackworth and Lutz have put together a system that works. There were questions about it. There were concerns if if that would work in MLS or if that could work all year in MLS. Would teams figure it out? Would we run out of gas? And so far, not only has their scouting worked, but their game plan has worked. So to me, that's the biggest positive of the year. We don't have to scrap everything and start over. Um, like a lot of recent you know, expansion teams do like they come in with a plan and they get their personnel for that plan and then it just blows up on them and then it takes a few years to get it right. We got it right out of the gate and, you know, call that luck, call that hard work, call that uh, research. Um, for me, the biggest positive is it works. We know it works and now we can tinker with it. We don't have to scrap it and start over. That's my biggest positive. Uh, Jeff Aiken, everyone is super hyped on Mukhtar for a back-to-back -back MVP award. What are the odds that Berkey plays spoiler? He's head and shoulders above every keeper in the league. Is his projected saves worth more than Mukhtar's goals? You know, it's going to be, it's a no for me, dog. Not that I don't think Berkey isn't in the contention. Like, he is definitely one of the most valuable players in the league. Far more valuable than I thought he would have been. Um, he's been amazing. He's, I mean, without Berkey, we would not be where we are. But leagues don't tend to give MVP awards to goalies or defensive players at all, for that matter. I think, I mean, Mukhtar's, it's a no-brainer. He, I mean, he's amazing. He's an amazing player. Um, now, I'm not to say somebody else could win, or maybe Berkey will get some votes. I don't know. But I can't see the league giving it to a goalkeeper. And that's just, you know, that's just the way it is. I'm sorry about that. Because I love defenders. I'd rather a defender or a goalkeeper win it once in a while. Uh, Stuart Holtgren, the last time City won on the road was against Toronto in early July. Winless in the five since. Is Carnell not amping up the guys for this or... Uh, is winning on the road in MLS really fucking hard? Well, a couple of things. 
Don't forget we had a month off in there because of the League's Cup. So it sounds worse than it is when you say going back to July. Uh, the other thing is it's really fucking hard um, because I was surprised City Report put out a list this week, and I think somebody mentioned it in here. Um, but the fact is, like, St. Louis is, you know, pretty much, you know, there it is. Winning on the road really is that hard. This is from St. Jimmy. Uh, we are tied for sixth best road record in the league. So that's pretty good. I mean, top six on the road, that just shows you how hard it is. And the traditional adage, you know, when at home, get as many points as you can on the road. So a road point is not a bad thing. Um, you just got to do it. And that's the way it is. But especially in MLS, the travel is such a killer, you know your longest road trip in England might be four hours and that's your shortest road trip in MLS, at least in our case. Um, so that's that. Stuart also wanted to say Albert Dequa is currently winning the golden boot race in USL up in Pittsburgh. How is Ewan feeling about this? Well, Ewan's not here and neither is Matt, but I'm sure they feel great about it because I feel great about it. Albert Dequa is a great guy. I'm happy about that. Uh, Matt wants to know, this is our friend Matt up in Minnesota. If any of you are coming up in two weeks, please bring some emos and T-Rabs with you. And you could actually, uh, leave AZ at home. Uh, <laughs> Matt is a little, a little jealous there because AZ, like I said, was in that Minnesota system. And I'm sure they would love to have him back now looking at what he's been accomplishing for St. Louis. Um, but uh, I, I'm not going to be able to make the trip to Minnesota this year. I know some people are. Our friend uh, Woody has moved up to Minnesota, so I'm sure he'll be at that one. So maybe the boys, the hoys, excuse me, will go up there. And uh, if you guys get up there, get a chance to meet Matt. Matt's a good guy. He will probably be posting that week and telling us where he is. So you should you should hook up with Matt. Matt's a good guy. Uh, JB Goodbody. At the end of the season, he would like to hear about how the Luligans and other supporters groups have fared this year. What surprised you? The growth, incorporating new members. Um, I, I don't. I can't speak to the other groups. I mean, I know they've all grown, um, but the Luligans are killing it. I mean, yes, it's been amazing. We've gotten a lot of new members, even though we don't, you know, technically track our memberships. We've sold thousands of scarves. Like it's ridiculous how many times we've or reordered scarves or shirts and said, okay, we shouldn't need any more. This should be good for the end of the year. And I know we've done that three or four times now. Um, so that's been great. The money we've raised for the TIFO projects has been great. The money we've raised for charity has been great. Um, yeah, we all, I'm sure we're all going to take some time during the off season to tweak things and, you know, uh, make things better. Uh, we really don't have a lot of time to breathe now. Uh, when we get a week off, we just want to relax. So uh, in the off season, I'm sure all the groups will be, you know, changing some things, working on some things. Obviously, we're changing things on the fly, trying to make things better. Um, can't speak to the other groups, but I, for the Luligans, I've been really happy with the amount of new people who have come in and the amount of people participating and getting along and, you know, sort of embedding themselves into the culture. Uh, I've seen a lot of people in the stadium wearing 
Luligan jerseys or scarves that I don't personally know, and that to me is amazing. I used to know every single person in the Luligans, and obviously that's not possible anymore. And it's just a testament to the fun that we're all having and, and all of the groups. I know the Luligans get a lot of credit uh, on the you know broadcasts and things, but I mean, all of the groups are doing their part. They're all playing a part. Uh, obviously, none of it could be possible without Florida Noise and what they're doing and what the Capos are doing. And then I think each group brings a little something different to it and different people find their, their you know, place within the different groups so and some people find like all the groups and they you know i've seen people at the games having like two different scarves or you know a luligan shirt and a santos scarf you know and a a no nap you know a little stuffed animal or whatever like people are are members of multiple groups (laughs) I, i guess is the best way to put it or at least they're fans of multiple groups and i think that's fine i think uh, everybody's finding their own place and maybe they want to check them all out. Uh, JB Goodbody also wants to know the opinion on factors that led to poor town turnout for the U S men's national team game that was here in St. Louis. Um, and there's some other ones there, but, uh, Oh, Hey, he did mention the game is afoot is the soccer themed Shakespeare play. So he put that in there. So, you know, now my comment about that isn't totally useless. Look up the game as a foot online. Um, here's what I'll tell you about the U.S. men's national team game. And this has happened not just in St. Louis, but in other markets too. The ticket pricing is insane for some of these games, especially the friendlies that don't really have, uh, you know, it's not like the Gold Cup final or something. You know, it's just like a little warm-up or a qualifier that against... Like a team like Uzbekistan, no judgment against them. They're a fine team, but it's not like people have been dying to see Uzbekistan. You know, if it's Argentina, obviously they've got big stars you want to go see, or England, or teams like that. But Uzbekistan is not going to be a big seller. And then when you price the tickets, you know, at sixty-five bucks a piece instead of thirty bucks a piece, that's a big thing. Also, you've got sort of the fatigue, like, you know, I've seen a lot of games here. I've seen a lot of friendlies here. I've seen a ton of St. Louis games, and sometimes people just want a night off. And, you know, if it's a weeknight or if it's a, you know, this one wasn't a weeknight, so that's no excuse. But just, I think there's like a general fatigue and then the overpricing. And I think U.S. soccer really needs to look at that in general as we go forward the pricing it's it's pricing people out if they had a price that game at 30 bucks you know for the for the basic seats not you know the good seats you're always going to have those seats but if they just said the game hey the game's 25 bucks well then i can bring two of my kids with me instead of just one ticket for me and you get people who say eh, i wasn't going to spend 60 bucks but i'll spend 25 bucks then you get that stadium full of people who are excited and, you know, it's not such a big thing. I mean, times are tight. Even though the economy is slowly coming back, 65 bucks is a lot of money. And, you know, people are saving up for playoff games for St. Louis City. And travel isn't what it used to be. It's, you know, because then if you're coming in from out of town, you got to get a hotel room and stuff. So 
I w I'm not too concerned that it wasn't a big seller just for all of those factors, but I think it's a problem U.S. soccer needs to look at in general. Okay. This is from What a Pint. We all know the best pods are ones where you can rant. So if you can't rant about the team, perhaps you could rant about some of the fans making unrealistic complaints about the team. Uh, Inception ranting, three-hour-long podcast. I kind of did that at the beginning, at the top of the show. Um, you know, I don't. I mean, everybody's got to got to come to it on their own. But um, things aren't that bad, guys. Calm down. Uh, like I said, we're still top of the West. We're still going to probably host a playoff game. And, uh, yeah, they've got to get their shit together. But all things considered, this has been a dream season for an expansion team. And I think if I would have told any of you that this is what our record would be at this point in the season, you would have all been amazed. So keep being amazed. Don't, don't let it get down just because there's a little dip in form here or there. Uh, stlouissoccernews.com wants to know, is there any update on the street naming? Yes, as a matter of fact, well, there's no update other than it has passed. It is it is officially Lilligan Street now. Um, it's It's been passed by the aldermen, signed by the mayor. Uh, right now, we're just waiting on the street department to uh, actually tell us when they're going to get out there and change those signs. And when they do, we will have the appropriate celebrations and we'll probably make a big deal of it if we can get that done you know be great if we could get it done for like the first playoff game that would be pretty cool um and we can celebrate in style that way um what else uh, st louis city four this is fake city um they want to know what percentage over normal season ticket member pricing for your seat are you willing to pay for the playoffs Kind of like I just said with uh, the U.S. men's national team, they got to be careful not to overprice it or you lose those hardcore fans that have been with you all through the season who will make the noise, who are invested in this team. Um, so, for example, the supporter season ticket, when you break it down, I paid roughly 24 something per game. Yes, I expect them to increase that price, but, you know, was it a, $10 bump? Is it a $20 bump? You know, I think they could go up to 50 seats, $50 a seat or a spot in the supporter section. And I still be okay with it. Um, anything up to a hundred, I hope it's not a hundred, but up to there, I'll definitely be buying. If it's more than a hundred, I really have to think about it just because not because I'm not a huge fan and I'm not committed, but I am, like I said earlier, uh, my job is one of those non-high-paying jobs. So 100 bucks may not be a lot for some people, but for me, that would be a lot of money. And then you got to factor in, well, then how much are the expensive seats going to increase? And whenever you think about these things, I don't always just think about me. Like, okay, I have to spend, let's say it's 50 bucks, 50 bucks for my ticket. Okay, I can do that. I can, you know eat soup for a week or ramen or something. Um, but then you look at people who have like the gardeners, they have, you know, four kids and mom and dad. So, you know, that's, you multiply 50 times six people that gets expensive or a family of four that gets expensive. So now it's $200 a game. Well, what if we make it, you know, three playoff games and what if they bump it up a little each round? starts to get expensive, so I hope they take that into consideration. I really do. 
um, because I don't have a lot of money. <laughs> and this team, if they make the playoffs, and, well, they're going to make the playoffs, if we have a couple home games, I want to be there. I want to be, you know, yelling in the crowd. I want to be doing the chanting. I want to help Florida noise make as much noise as possible. Um, and they're better having me there than they are having somebody who's never been to a game, who doesn't know the chance, who doesn't, you know, maybe isn't bought in. They want the fans who've been there all year, who've been making the noise. So let's hope they take that into consideration. Um, and I think that's all of the questions, maybe. Uh, again, thank you all for listening. Sorry it wasn't a full episode, uh, but we're... We're struggling through. We're doing our best, goddammit. And uh, never forget, you get what you pay for here at This Is Silly.